Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mountain Podcast. Glad you're with us. I'm your host, Donovan. Happy to be with you. As always, is my my POC, and not my pastor on call. He is my partner in crime. Yeah. <laughs> Samuel Paul Bernard Roger Goulet. Hey, buddy. Hi, friend. How you doing? I'm doing great. You know why? Why? We are in a year of the prophet's reward, Ooh. and we are joined by two of the most prolific and dynamic prophets in the world. Mm-hmm. Wow. We're joined by the Good wonderful world. Denise Goulet. Mm-hmm. Hi, guys. And Jane Hammond. Hello. We are super thrilled that you guys are with us today. Thanks. Great to be here. Yes. You came here. You had a good travels here to Vegas. You got here in one piece. We're certainly glad you're with us. <laughs> um, uh, you have revised your book on dreams That's and right. visions. Uh, what were some of the things that you revised in there from before? Well, I, you know, I actually wrote the book in 1994. It was one of the first books that was on the market um, on the subject of dreams and visions. Um, now, nobody was really talking about it back then. So um, I wrote it. I self-published it first. And then four years later, it got picked up by uh, Regal Publishers. And then a year before last, Regal Publishers sold all their books to Chosen Books. And so Chosen said as they're picking up the book, they wanted to do a full rewrite. So I I updated both some of the content, some of the things that I've learned along the way, um, some of the examples, and just kind of gave it a fresh touch. So it's it's been an amazing success. That's wonderful. And where can people find the book to uh, You can get go it. on Amazon pretty well, anywhere online. Cool. Yeah, you can find it, Dreams and Visions. Awesome. My name's Jane Hammond. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things that, in I was reading off Elijah's list, and the, the whole thing you did off Elijah's list about this is the year of the prophet's reward. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even last night, uh, you joined the International Church of Las Vegas, at the Summerlin campus, and you talked about this last night, and I thought it was just yeah. fantastic. Wow. And um, one of the questions I had, because I'm, I'm, I'm an actor also, so like everything is symbolic for me, mm-hmm. and I want to know all this stuff. What was the, what was the gate Okay. That was trying to break the. Was there like a symbol to the gate? Well, I think that um, it for for those that maybe didn't hear me share this, the whole concept of the prophet's reward came out of a vision that I had um, a, a number of years ago at the beginning of this particular year, and it was a vision of an old medieval gate, um, kind of like an old castle gate that you'd see on an old movie. Um, and the gate was locked up. It had uh, it had chains on it. It had a padlock on it, obviously saying, you're not coming through here to get to the other side. And I knew by looking at this vision initially that this was not what God had said for the year because the Lord had spoken to me and said in um, 1 Corinthians 16, 9, God said, I've set a great open door before you for an effective work, a great open door of opportunity for an effective work, but there are many adversaries. So I feel like the gate really represents the access point to whatever mountain Here we are on the mountain program, so let's bring the mountain in Um, (laughs) to whatever mountain, (laughs) whatever mountain of influence God has called you to. So if it's the mountain of government, God wants to give us access, but there's some things that are chained up. If it's a mountain of business and finance, um, if it's the mountain of entertainment, like you've just mentioned, if it's the mountain of uh, of religion and 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 affecting and changing the world, whatever that is, whatever the opportunity is that God's called you to access, that gate represents either something that's open or closed. 
God saying it's supposed to be a time that it's open, but yet in my vision it was closed. And so as I watched the vision, I saw this huge battering ram come and slam up against the the door until it had shattered the lock, disintegrated the the, the chains, and literally broke the door off of its hinges. And the interesting part of the vision was that on that battering ram was written the word prophet's reward. So cool. So God's, I, and, and so I kind of processed that and I thought, why, God, all these years in the prophetic, why would this be a time that you're talking about the prophet's reward? And as I shared last night, this is, this is actually the 30 year mark, the 30 year anniversary of the birth of the prophetic movement, which is so significant to where we are in the church today, because prior to 1988, there really was not very much that was prophetic in the church. There's a lot more pathetic things in the church than prophetic things right. in the church. And people didn't say, I thus say it the Lord, or people didn't say God spoke to me as frequently as they do today, because now we believe that everybody can hear the voice of God. Huh. But so we've come a long way in the last 30 years as God has laid a real phenomenal prophetic foundation. So we're actually stepping into uh, a second wind anointing of the prophetic anointing that's coming in the earth. So... That's really cool. We've talked a lot about the prophetic culture and communication, mm-hmm. hearing from God in our community. But for those that may be listening, that that is a very new idea, a new mm-hmm. concept, or maybe even like a like a painful one. Like that's mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say to to really the person trying to understand? Like, I want to make an impact, but I'm not sure. Hearing from God, how what does that look like? How does it feel? Is it like EBGVs? Is it goosebumps? Am I actually hearing him? If you were to just even give like a short like insight to mm-hmm. what it looks like to begin to journey with Jesus mm-hmm. and hear for others or into city things or nation things, and, and each of you can kind of give your yeah. perspective or insight what you think on it. Well, the prophetic, just basic, a basic definition of that is God speaking, however it is that God speaks whether it's through a still small voice, whether it's God speaking to you through the scripture, whether it's through a time of worship or through a dream or through a vision. Acts chapter two says, in the last days, I'm gonna pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams. So God's saying in the last days, my Holy Spirit is gonna be poured out. And when that happens, part of the dimension that gets impacted is that each and every person begins to receive a mantle of revelation, that you have an ability to now start hearing the voice of God and being able to obey his uh, specific instructions for your life, creating a vision for your life. Um, Proverbs 29, 18 actually says, where there's no vision, people perish. But a more modern translation says, where there's no prophecy or where there's no voice from God, people dwell carelessly, people wander aimlessly. And so I really believe that God is actually really looking at us as his believers in the earth today and saying, you think you can change culture all on your own nope you're going to need to have my voice show you supernatural strategies that's going to give you an impact in your family in your church in your city in your nation so bottom line is that it's hearing god's voice and god's voice gives us a strategy to overcome i can only uh, use an example from my own life when i actually never had never really heard about the prophetic and been a christian and in the ministry for many years it's when I first came here to Vegas. Now, the first time that I felt God spoke to me clearly was through the scriptures. In the middle of the night, he said to me, I really want to do an incredible work in Vegas, in you and through you and in Vegas, but you're kind of in the way with your problem with anger. 
And so, like, <laughs> went straight to the, the point, because I never read my Bible before that. I was a pastor's wife in Sacramento for quite a few years. And you had big, didn't, beautiful hoop earrings. Yes, yeah, seriously. <laughs> I, would, I, I did not know who I was. I did it not was know the who earrings I was. that I brought the anointing, someone I promise. that I yes. admired greatly on staff. I had to wear a bow tie every Sunday because of yeah. that Samuel person. was wearing bow ties. <laughs> Samuel was a perfect little kid yep. with a cute little still hair am. curls <laughs> and stuff. He's still pretty still perfect. He was, he's perfect still. Uh, but I had no idea of how God spoke I had no idea about the prophetic mm-hmm. and how God really spoke to us um, until I came here and he, in the middle of the night he said uh, Proverbs 15.1 you know uh, a gentle word you know it, it turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger mm-hmm. and it's like the Lord started to show me what I needed to change in my life you know mm-hmm. and from there a testimony came forth and it opened actually a ministry of being real, transparent. Mm. Because he said, you're gonna be real and transparent in a city where that's not Mm. common. Um, But another time that when God Mm. spoke to me was really powerful, and it was audible voice. And it was related to Samuel's pants, you know, when he he was in in school. You were doing laundry. Yeah, well, yeah. actually, I decided... Just to clear that out. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I was doing laundry. But this is what happened. I was trying to connect the dots. Yeah, yeah. Jane, was, Jane was confused, and she's yeah. prophetic. <laughs> that would be a great... We do need to that. That would be a great name for a book. Mm-hmm. Samuel's, Samuel's Pants. Samuel's Pants. My journey into the prophetic. <laughs> I heard a great, how many, you know, have, we've heard great sermons or messages yeah, yeah. on prayer. And so the Sunday, that Sunday, the next day, I said, I'm going to get up at 5 o'clock every morning. And that was like mm-hmm. Samuel was in sixth grade, so, yeah. um, or fifth, maybe. And I said, I'm going to get up at 5 o'clock. And so when 5 o'clock comes around on Monday morning. Snooze. I decide <laughs> to, I don't use an alarm, so I decide to st- Sleep a little longer because I'm thinking, oh, it's my day off, big deal. You know, God will understand. I'll try. I'll start tomorrow. Yeah. Fifteen minutes later, I sit up in bed and I'm rem- I'm remembering that I Samuel doesn't have any pants. He's yeah. the, I wear uniforms <laughs> to go to the art school, and so I go downstairs. I put the laundry in and all that, and all of a sudden I felt like the Lord was saying, "Oh, you, you know, probably laughing, but at the time was really serious." Oh, you quit to do this, but you didn't want to get up for me. So I'm like, oh, my face. No, God. <laughs> As if like God was really condemning me. Um, but all of a sudden, I heard the audible voice. An audible voice. Mm-hmm. And then I realized it was the Lord. And he just said my name. Mm. Wow. And he wrote the, it is like the word oracle in front mm. of me. And I'm like, first of all, and so I start crying. God is speaking to me. And all me. this is while you're doing laundry? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. She's very a multitasker. Good. Yes. <laughs> His pants are in the machine. Yeah. I'm more convinced now than ever that Samuel's Pants is a good Samuel's name pants. for the book. Yes. Yeah, it's pants. a great name for but the book. It, it's, really, it, it's really powerful because then I didn't really know. And I'm like, oh, God spoke to me audibly. And what's the oracle? And so when my husband gets up in the morning, he's the Bible college, you know. I have no education. I, I'm a, in high school. So I said, what's Oracle? It goes, find out for yourself. Oh, okay. okay that sounds yeah. good. So I study what Oracle means. And the purest form of an Oracle, what the commentary says, is when God whispers your name 
It calls、mm. you by your name, just、mm. like with the, you know, with Samuel the mm. prophet. Mm. And wow, that's probably when God was calling me、mm-hmm. officially, or, or let. But I didn't put that together for many, many years. You know, later. Wow, it's amazing.、Yeah. There's there's some elements that I think are really interesting to being able to like drive the culture and enhance、mm-hmm. the narrative of what Jesus is doing in the Earthen community,、uh, and. Interestingly enough, two of the things I believe are really profound for that kind of impact are actually two of the most difficult to establish, and even within Christian communities, very controversial. And that is the Holy Spirit and the prophetic. Yep.、Mm-hmm. And just from a studying perspective of theologically, those are two areas that are highly debated and contentious、mm-hmm. and things like that. But it, in my in my experience, they're the Too most profound and prolific、mm-hmm. to establishing the nature of God,、mm-hmm. the pattern, the behavior, the attitude, the perspective. I remember the first time I was in a prophetic class and did the prophetic exercises where you stand in front of each other、mm-hmm. and you're asked to hear from God for somebody else, and you have sixty seconds. <laughs> and that's, go. Yeah, exactly. And that's what they did. They told you the instructions,、yeah. and they told you go. And I said. I'm sorry. What? Timeout. What? Hold on. No. Stop. Please. Stop. 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 I'm not ready for this. I'm a basketball player. What is this? And I remember, I just literally, I was, I got, I got something in my head the first couple seconds, but I was like, ah, that can't be right. Yeah. And then the next 58 seconds were the most painful of my life, <laughs> as I said nothing, and I was terrified. And I literally, at the end of it, said sorry to the person in front of me because everyone else went, and this this person, I remember him still to this day, Kelly Wicks. She got nothing. From me, and I said, "I am so sorry." <laughs> and then we went on to the next one, and I, I just remember it was personally terrifying.、Yeah. Let alone if I was taught growing up that this is a bad idea, this is dangerous,、mm-hmm. and I, I just see such a value in being able to impact community and culture.、Mm-hmm. So I guess what I wanted to propose to you is. One, why do you think that that's such a place of contention? It feels like it's not just a coincidence that it's、mm-hmm. a place of contention, and、uh, and then if why is it a place of contention? But also. How it? How does the prophetic voice of God actually transform culture、mm-hmm. and community?、Mm-hmm. Well, I think you know. I think that the Old Testament is full of、uh, stories of true prophets, but there's also the underlying threat of false prophets.、Mm. And who wants to be a false prophet?、Right. <laughs> who wants to say God is saying such and such? And then it turns out that that's wrong. Yeah. And so usually at some point in our activation, we will say,、um, "This is just a practice time.、Um, if you actually miss it, we're not going to take you outside in the parking lot and stone you to death for getting a false word." Okay. <laughs> at least not to death. <laughs> not to not to death. Okay.、Um, so, but but we have to really understand biblically the culture of the Old Testament. The culture of the Old Testament was that God chose to only speak to humanity through chosen prophets. A prophet here, and a prophet there. He didn't. He, he didn't speak to everybody. He didn't just speak to everybody. That's okay. Jane's watch. Someone <laughs> called Jane's watch. It was amazing. Yes, the voice of God. A small voice. Prophet. Yes. Yes. Whoever that was. Okay. I'm listening for the word. All right. Um, so, um, so he, so God would only speak through a prophet here, a prophet there. God did not speak to everybody、yeah. in the Old Testament. We have to realize this.、Yeah. So, in the New Testament, it was a, it was a complete paradigm shift when God said, "I'm going to pour out my Spirit on everyone."、Mm. 
and my sons and daughters are going to hear my voice and prophesy. So this is now we're living in a completely different day. Yes, there are prophets, but now God is saying, I want an entire prophetic generation. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So what we have to understand is that we're in a culture shift even within the church because it was only 30 years ago that it became something that the church embraced to understand God will speak to you. God himself mm-hmm. will speak to you. Now, was God speaking to people before that? Absolutely. But was it a movement-wide, church-wide phenomenon? Not necessarily. Um, I heard the voice of God in the late 1970s, kind of like, like Denise did in an audible voice where God said, the plans that you've made for your life are not the plans I've made for your life. I was 16 years old. I had like a whole college seminar. I had a whole scholarship, a roommate set up, a career path, 16 years old. And God comes in and goes, um, the plans that you've made for your life are not the plans I've made for your wow. life. Happy Instead sweet of, 16. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> You're blowing your candles out? Is that what yeah, happened? Yeah, and, I, and I'm, I'm raised by, by wonderful but scientific, uh, sci- uh, agnostic scientist parents. I've only been saved for two years, and God speaks to me in an audible voice in a day that nobody talks about hearing God in an audible voice. Nobody talks about that. And God says to me, instead of going to that college, you're going to go to Bible college. And I'm thinking... (laughs) Oh, my parents are going to love this, you know. How you know? much was it before? It was going to be University of Conway, Arkansas, because wow. I was an Arkansas girl at wow. that time. And I went to Christ for the Nations um, in cool. in uh, Dallas, Texas. Um, the Lord told me, um, when you get to that college, you're going to meet a man, and you're going to fall in love and get married young, and I'm going <laughs> to thrust you into the ministry. And you're going to travel the nations of the world, and sometimes he'll preach, and sometimes you'll preach because I'm going to make you a team. And so I'd never heard, I mean, I had never heard of God. I was in a Baptist church, for yeah. heaven's sakes. I'd been filled with the Holy Spirit for about four weeks, and God <laughs> himself shows up in my room and starts telling me my whole life. And I, so I just That's thought, if he's, if he's yeah. talking to me, I'm going to talk back to him. And I'm, I asked the Lord, I said, <laughs> can you... Um, I think my words were something like, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) And I said, is there somebody that you can show me Mm -hmm. that's doing what I'm going to be doing? Because I don't don't know what you're talking about. I'd never heard of a woman preaching before. And I heard the Lord say to me, there's nobody doing now what you'll be doing then because I'll be doing a new thing. And see, women weren't prophesying. Really, women weren't preaching. Husbands and wives weren't in ministry. You know, so I went off to Bible college at 17, met the man who would be my husband my first night on campus. We got married two years later. He was 21 and I was 19, and we started our first church two months after that. We've been wow. in full-time ministry since we were married. We've traveled to over 60 nations, and sometimes he preaches and sometimes I preach. And one word from God absolutely changed my life. So what we're telling everybody is to be prophetic. This has to happen to you. Or or medicine on tablets too. So it yeah, to there you go. Like, otherwise, prophetic. Otherwise, you're out. You're out. That's There's right. No hope for Just you. kidding. I'm out then. <laughs> but you know, I got I got yeah. thrown out of my church for telling my pastor about this stuff. I mean, wow. my friends thought I was crazy. You know, nobody talked about hearing the voice of God, but you know? You have to share where it all started for you at five years old. Yeah, so I, I don't know if they even know that program. So so um, I was not raised in a Christian home, uh, but obviously the, the call of God was on my life because, you know, God, God calls us from our mother's womb. 
But when I was raised in a, in a home of people that we didn't go to church, we didn't talk about Jesus, we didn't, I didn't have any real point of reference for Christianity. Um, but at the age of five, I had a friend that died. He was a little five-year-old boy that I played with, and it kind of really rocked my world and really shook me up. But in my family, I didn't, you know, we didn't really talk about things like that. So I, I basically spent time in my room and was trying to come to, to grips with my emotions. And I, there was a program on television back in the day, late 1960s, that was, or mid-1960s, that was about, that was Sally Fields and she played a nun. It was called The Flying Nun. Okay, there was this crazy, ridiculous little program that was on TV. And Sally Fields played this little nun who at every episode at some point would she get in herself trouble. into trouble and also she would fly okay so i know <laughs> okay so um and then also at some point in the program she would go in and get down on her knees and fold her hands and then talk to this god person you know to help her out of her troubles and he always did so when I'm dealing with all this emotion and all this stuff, I go into my room, I get on my knees, I fold my hands just like I saw Sally Fields do because she was an awesome <laughs> spiritual mentor to me at that moment. Sally okay, Fields The flying nun amazing. was my spiritual, my spiritual mentor cool. and I talked to God and the presence of God came down into my room and just enfolded me and it just felt so awesome. I just kept doing it. And from five years old on, wow. I would spend every single night communing with God. Now, I didn't know who Jesus was. I didn't have any concept of Old New Testament. I didn't know anything. You know, I didn't read a Bible till I was 10. I didn't have any concept of anything. But until you were 10? I'm sorry. I was until 10. You were 10? I was wow. 10 when I, when I read a big, fa- you know, a family Bible. It's one of those 20-pound Bibles. Yeah. You know, King James Version yeah. Yeah. only. Yeah. They're on actual vows. tablets. Yes, they're yeah. yes, stone tablets. Yeah. They're as heavy as stone tablets. Yeah. And awesome. I took it back into my room and I read Genesis and that was an awesome book and <laughs> Exodus was so fun I mean yeah. look at all the yeah. stories of Moses's rod turning into a snake and swallowing up fair and on the parting of the Red Sea and the ten yeah. plagues and all that and then I got to Leviticus and, and I stalled. thought yeah mm, <laughs> <laughs> I have totally missed something here, okay? Yeah. 90% so I, of the yeah. Christian faith agrees with what you just said. <laughs> this yeah. is exciting. I'm going to read this forever. This is awesome. Oh, no. What no, I have no idea what's happening. All this lineage. So. This is unbelievable. <laughs> so I started skipping forward and I found the book of Psalms, which yeah. is this awesome yeah. book full yeah. of prayers. So I, as, as an. As a non Christian, oh, right. as a non Christian, I start memorizing all these Psalms. And by the time I actually get saved when I'm 14, I have whole chapters of the Bible memorized. Wow. By the time I even get saved. Because I don't even really even understand this whole salvation thing until I'm 14. We need to stop you. You're discouraging everyone who's <laughs> yeah. listening. Everyone's like, I haven't been. Uh, Jesus didn't show up in my room at 16. I don't know any of the books of the Bible by heart. Yeah. It's funny. But it's just the Holy Spirit's the teacher. Yeah. So. yeah. I remember when I was little. Deciding that I, I, I decided that I wanted to read the Bible because I wanted to know more about God. Now, unlike you, I was raised in a Catholic background in church and all that. So we went to church every Sunday. But I wanted to know more about God. And I started in Genesis, and it kind of discouraged me because yeah. I was so little, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't have the flying nun in Florence in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Sally Fields, yeah. that's right. But it's, it's interesting because... You're talking about, you know, the Word of God and reading it, and that's a major ingredient yeah. in hearing God's voice. Mm-hmm. If you know not just about Him, but mm-hmm. you know Him through the written scriptures, the written mm-hmm. Word, then you'll get to know Him through the spoken Word, mm-hmm. and you'll be become one of those that will be 
a carrier of his, you know, spoken mm-hmm. words, prophetic anointing. And so I had a dream, and it's totally related to mountain and presence, yeah. which is the other ingredient mm-hmm. in someone who wants to really grow in the prophetic or in a prophet's life is encounters of his presence. Mm-hmm. And I think of all the things that I can remember in this prophetic journey of mine is the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can remember crossroads or la- like landmarks in my life, my prophetic story, and it was about the presence of God. Yeah. And one of the, the ways that God showed up is it's in a dream when I was going through a really tough time. It was about five years ago, six years ago. And I went to bed that night, and I had a dream. And in the dream, it was a face of a beautiful angel. I knew it was an angel. It was a black angel with green, green, green eyes. And I took my hand, and I said, you're an angel. And he nodded. And it's kind of like our bodies shifted. And he was over me, just kind of hovering. And I was, and he says, unto you a mountain is born. And wow. I woke up. Because I was awakened by someone who was, my husband was leaving the room. We were in a hotel room in Montreal. And I said, what? I don't know what mountain. And I'm trying to go back to sleep. <laughs> Tell me what mountain. Yeah. Unto you. I mean, you know, I don't hear that. Every, like, unto no. you a son is born. <laughs> it yeah. sounded so. Unto you a mountain, a mountain is, is born. Jeez. Oh, mm. So I went to the scriptures. And the Lord showed me that it was the mountain of his presence. The mountain of his presence. And he mm. says, as long, because I went in Exodus. Mm. And as long as you go. Yeah. You keep going, you go in my presence. Yeah. From there, the top of the mountain, then you live your life. Yeah. There's nothing that you will not be able that you will be able not be able to overcome or face in your life if you go from there. And then right. from there I called someone in my family who needed this yeah. word and yeah. I just told them. And so but even recently, the mountain, the presence, yeah, yeah. and even the knowledge of uh Though I walk through the shadow of the um, valley of the shadow of death, the valley yeah. of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And he prepares a table in the presence of my enemy. The word table means the top of the mountain. Mm. So the Lord is preparing, is he's prepared a place of intimacy, a place of relationship mm. at the top of the mountain. And in the presence of our enemy, like let's say like the shepherd goes up and it, this is so significant for our lives and our mm-hmm. our city and mm-hmm. everyone right now is that like the shepherd will go up the mountain and the sheep will follow and the shepherd will take all the poisonous plants and so that the sheep you know he doesn't take everything out but the poisonous ones um, and the sheep you know will make it to the, the top but then the snake follows mm. all the way to the snake line and mm. past the snake line, that snake cannot go. Air's mm. too thin. Too mm. thin. It mm. will die. So I can just imagine, we just keep going. Mm-hmm. And we're at the table. And if the snakes could stand, they're all surrounding <laughs> you. know, And they're hissing and whatever. They can't touch they can't you. touch you. Because yeah. you're, with, you're intimate with them. You walked with them. So seriously, the, like these, these experiences and presence, having the presence of God... Mm-hmm. Marking your life mm-hmm. yeah. regularly is really what will invite you into a, a, an incredible prophetic journey mm-hmm. yeah. with God mm-hmm. on this earth. You know, I think the Holy Spirit and the prophetic represent two really uh, relational capacities of God they are, that yeah. absolutely require faith 
to right. have not any knowledge, just know just I could read the scriptures and access places of connection with the Holy Spirit, hearing from God and having him speak through me. So it's personally the most uh, courageous, needed, faith-required, uh, mm-hmm. fear-inducing <laughs> yes, it is. journeys. Yes. And yes, it, it never is. stops being that because yeah. every place is another layer of learning to trust God in those places where you fear and he wants to be present in his loving capacity. That's right. And in that presence, the relational capacity, I, it's just amazing because you see this this real simplistic understanding is hearing from God for yourself and others. Mm-hmm. And this connection with God in a relational way, not a knowledge yeah. way, but a relational way mm-hmm. is a, a, amazing. It's a terrifying, but it's an amazing journey too. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we're talking and we're looking at the impact of culture, mm-hmm. you're looking at something that, comes across and is way more effective than the knowledge of right it, but the relationship mm-hmm. with it, it just comes across in every situation I've ever had relationship with God was was way more impactful than mm-hmm. the knowledge of God yeah. That's which right. always landed debates and uh, mm-hmm. wrestling of the minds mm-hmm. and intelligence and the pathway right. to God for me has never felt like it's through the mind vehicle it's through the heart yeah, yeah. Totally. and this generation you have to think about you were living in the generation of you know, the greatest level of brokenness that's probably existed on planet Earth as far as broken homes, broken lives, yeah. broken individuals. And the way to impact broken hearts and lives is for God to be made real. So what does the prophetic do? What does the Holy Spirit do is it makes Jesus real. It yeah. makes God the Father, the Father heart of God real. Yeah. And I, I probably remember one impactful word that happened in my life. Now, I've, I was raised in Christianity and since marriage in a very, very prophetic ministry. We kind of pioneered the prophetic movement and everything. So we had a lot of prophets that came through. We had a lot of people that brought words. But I can remember this one point in my life when we had we had three children. We had just started our second church. Um, our youngest son was born with some uh, severe fa- facial birth defects and was going to end up having 13 major reconstructive surgeries mm-hmm. it was you know quite a quite a major thing that we were looking at and so everybody that came through prophesied over us you know great things that we're going to do and nations yeah. that we're going to touch and great miracles and all this stuff and i can remember this this one night and we had a prophet in our church and they were prophesying to, to a lot of people and i just said to the lord i said lord i'm so appreciative of all the prophetic words that you've given to me i said but honestly i don't feel like i need another prophecy tonight <laughs> I, I don't mean to be wow. disrespectful, but I just, I said, if you feel like you need to say something to me, I just want to know, how am I doing, Lord? You yeah. know, am I just, am I doing, am I doing okay? Am yeah. I, am I, am I handling what you've given to me? Am I, do I need to fast more? Do I need to pray more? Is there something I need? How am I doing? And after about 10 minutes, the prophet came right back and laid her hands on me. And she prayed in the spirit for just a minute, and then she backed up and she said, "You know what? I'm not going to prophesy to you tonight." She said, "The Lord says you're doing just fine." No. And I want you to know oh, that prophetic geez. word meant more to me yep. than these volumes yeah. of other words in my life yeah. because I knew God heard what my heart was it's crying kind of, out for yep. at that yeah. moment, and yeah. it connected my heart to the to the voice of God yeah. and to the heart of God in that moment. And I knew He spoke in direct response to exactly what I needed. So God is very real, and the prophetic voice has a way to make God real to a generation that's, let's face it, pretty skeptical, pretty yeah. cynical, sure. pretty, you know, pretty happy with being 
spiritual without religion yeah. or without religious constraints, and God comes down and I think just makes himself real to a generation. I had th- very similar to what you're saying happened to me, I was, and it was with you. Oh. <laughs> it was come a few on, years ago you had come here, and I was not here working full-time on staff yet. I had been working at the Starbucks right down the street from here, and someone was like, hey, just just come on by. They're doing prophetic words for everybody. And I thought it was a lot of like the activations with staff members of one another. And I was like, okay, cool. And I remember sitting in my car in the parking lot going, God, if I have to hear one more prophetic word about someone that I know and that I've grown up with here about how I'm going to be an incredible actor and that I'm going to be a door here from this house and people are going to come through the door and I'm going to be a gateway to the next like spiritual revival and entertainment, I, I swear I'm gonna I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna lose it. These people all know me. They know they know this because they're around me all the time. Right. <clears throat> and I remember I was the last person that went up, and you came up, and you were and you told me you go, I really feel like God is using you through plays and through dramas and through all these different things. And you're you're not just you're not part of the church, but you're a door, and people are going to walk through you. And I was like, what? And I, <laughs> I was I was floored from it. I was absolutely floored from it. So like what you're saying there is just like totally like oh my god. So it like, wasn't that God gave you a different word. No. He just spoke to you Affirmed. as a result of the prayer that you had just prayed. Yeah. And he's like, okay, son, here's what I have to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. It's real. and you were showing sure how accurate we were all. Yeah. Yes. Come on. No, no, that's, no, 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 no. But that's. Yeah, I do think I do think that, that that's really important because afterwards yes. I was. I was really thankful for the house that I had grown up in and knew that like, for me, it was totally like a flesh moment. Like, oh my gosh, if I have to hear another person tell me this, it's just like, okay, great, cool. Yeah, you see me up there and I perform and I sing and I do all this stuff. But at the same time, it's like... It's not a big stretch to... to Yeah, exactly. It's like someone who wears a yellow hat every day and you go, I really feel like God, Lord, some of you love the color yellow. It's like, yeah, I know this. But but for me, but there was a lot of like that. It was like, oh man, like, wow, Mm -hmm. this house does yeah. know my heart yeah. and like God is speaking through him as well. So that was like yeah. extremely encouraging. Yeah. Well, it, it tends to open up even the heart of the believer yeah. to really believe that God is really to who believe. he says he is and yeah. to, helps us to believe who, really what we believe we believe. Yeah. But, but in dealing with the, the unbeliever, I mean, I, I ministered to this girl one time that was in a place, she was kind of in a kind of a rehab kind of place. And I'd come in to minister and and this young lady, everything that I said, as I'm trying to explain the prophetic, she's like sitting there rolling her eyes with her arms crossed and giving me <laughs> dagger looks out of her eyes, obviously not happy with anything that I'm saying. And she gets up and she kind of walks out and slams the door as she goes out. And, and I'm just like, okay. And I hear the Lord just say, as <clears throat> soon as she comes back in, prophesy to her as soon as she sits down. And so I just keep teaching and she's out there for a little while and she wow, comes back in and she sits down and I go, um, excuse, can I just go ahead and minister to you? And she's like, whatever, Scoffs. you know, yeah, just whatever, you know? And so I, I, I bring her up and I lay hands on her. I start to prophesy to her. Well, later she told me that what happened when she went out is that she went in the bathroom, she locked the door and she was walking back and forth and she goes, I don't believe any of this stuff is real. God, I don't, with little expletives of cursing in between. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I don't believe this prophecy stuff is real. God, I don't even believe you're real. All my life, I've asked you question after question after question. Yeah. You've never once answered my question. So if you're real, I'm going to go in there and you better prove it to me now. <laughs> I didn't know any of this. She comes in, she sits down. 
she comes up and I lay oh, hands Lord. on her. And I mean, she is like <laughs> staring daggers at me. And so Jeez. I just shut my eyes. I was like, okay, Warren. Okay. And I laid my hands on her. And the Lord says, my daughter, you say, you've had question after question after question <sighs> oh, that I've never gosh. answered. And the Lord says, because I'm God, I don't have to prove myself to you. No. But because I love you, I will prove myself to you. And the rest of the prophecy, I can't even tell you what it said, but it was just like she God just went even. down and answered all her questions. Oh. It was the weirdest prophecy. It didn't make any sense. But what God was doing is going in and answering her questions. Wow. As soon as I get done prophesying, she grabs the mic out of my hand, which is terrifying. And she turns around to the group that I'm in front of. And she says, y'all, let me tell you what just happened. She says, I just found out that God is real. So, can, wow. so can, I, I think one of the most valuable things about the prophetic is that the fact that it really makes God real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It totally makes God real to people, believers I, and unbelievers. You yeah. Know? Come on. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> come um, on. I know that we could probably talk about prophetic stuff all day. We are out of time now. Yeah. Um, I want to thank both of you for coming here. Yeah, you guys are um, awesome. Beautiful people. This is great. Um, I do want to ask you one more thing um, before we go. Um, what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> please pray for the Cowboys, okay? All the intercessors out there, I really, really need your intercession to just come on. Pray come for on, Dak by name. Whoa. You know, come on. Pray for Zeke by name. Whoa. Can y'all just help me? Hallelujah. Get a little bit of love in the house. Come on, okay? Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Over the, the, I, I take that agreement. Amen. Yeah, exactly. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Um, well, again, I want to thank you guys for joining us. This was a, a, a ton of fun having you on. Yep. It was an honor having you guys here. Yep. Um, Thanks for look, asking us. Oh, yes. yeah. What a privilege. Um, We're all going to fly to you and hang yeah. out and do another one. Come yeah, do exactly. it. Yeah, yeah. Come do it. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Um, for the listeners, uh, if you're listening to this for the first time, please make sure that you subscribe, uh, listen, rate, and review. It really helps us out a lot into all uh, the 2,000 downloads we've had in the last two months. We want to thank you so much for joining us. This thing is growing, and it's all thanks to you. Uh, don't, fle- don't forget to leave your mailbag questions for us for our special mailbag episode that we want to do with you. Uh, but until then, this guy is Samuel. Yep, you're amazing. I am Donovan. We love you guys, and we will talk to you guys next time.